Today on a horrifying episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that some claim was the inspiration for the hit cartoon, Muppet Babies, and the unreleased episode where Kermit and Fozzie play with a Ouija board, summon a demon, Gonzo becomes possessed and carries out a mass murder of Nanny, Ralph, Scooter, and Miss Piggy. For some reason, that episode never aired, despite the desperate cries of children to see the truth behind the Muppet Babies. What happens late at night inside the bathroom of an old soup kitchen? Something that doesn't involve the living, but rather the dead, waiting for their next time to strike an unsuspecting soul. That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is, and uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost stories with us. We'd absolutely love to hear them, and if you like the show and you like access to all of our bonus episodes with brand new ones every single week, jam just some of the spookiest stories we get. Uh, also, access to advanced episodes of the show released to you before anybody else can hear them. Uh, and our archive. Uh, it's the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. Then become a supporter of the show. We call them extra podcast people or EPPs. You can sign up one of three ways directly through Apple Podcasts right now. Right on our page on Apple Podcasts. You can press that subscribe button monthly, yearly. Get access to all that. Uh, you can also even try it for three days free on Apple Podcasts right now, which is pretty cool. So go ahead, give it a shot. If you like it, great. Stick with it. If not, you know, you gave it a shot. Three days on Apple Podcasts right now. Uh, you can also sign up through Patreon, patreon.com slash real ghost stories, uh, or uh, through our other website, ghostpodcast.com. And ghostpodcast.com also has the Patreon link there for you as well to get access to all that stuff. That's what keeps our ship afloat. So please do. Uh, check that out. It's Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, I just watched the new Halloween Ends movie. No, don't worry. Yeah. I won't say any spoilers, but it's a really good movie. You guys should go watch it. Uh, I'm about. I'm all about spoilers, actually. No, so no, we yeah, don't no, do that here. I'm telling. I'm saying. I'm gonna give some spoilers. So if you don't like spoilers, there's that little things as 15 or 10 or whatever. You just skip, skip, skip. And you won't, because uh, I want to discuss the ending, which I thought was kind of interesting. Okay. So if you don't want to know, uh, give us about two or three minutes. Uh, so I was almost expecting Lori to be killed. Really? I was thinking it was going to end with both Michael and Lori almost like ending it. But the fact that she's still around makes me think, she could come back in another movie, maybe as um, uh, 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 what's word am I looking for? Not an advocate, but a consultant for another town that suddenly has the same sort of thing happening. And she goes in, and she's there, and she's speaking up and helping the villagers avoid. Myers Michael. <laughs> uh, another thing is, yeah. Uh, how at the end when she's writing on her computer and saying, 
evil doesn't stop. It just changes shape also mm-hmm. was like, there's going to be another movie. Yeah, I mean, inevitably there will. As far as her role in it, probably... Maybe not, but I, I like don't know. someone else. There, there was many Halloween movies that were made in the 90s that were kind of just based on loosely the story, and it's not really considered part of the canon of Halloween. Uh, but they usually had a small scene with her in it at some place, shape, or form, so they could at least say she was in it, and then she collected a nice little check for showing up and making anybody give a damn about some of these Halloween movies that were horrible <laughs> at that point in time. But um, I don't know. I mean, I could see I could see that. I could see... I, of course, there's going to be more. Why would there not be? If there's money to be made on a franchise, they're going to continue making the franchise because it's not necessarily up to the actors or anything like that unless they have a uh, owning stake in the uh, the franchise. And I don't know if she does or not, but... Maybe. I mean, like, she's pretty much in all of the movies at this yeah. point. Well, they kind of need her. Uh, uh, to make a good movie, yeah. The uh, other thing I was surprised by was... Um, it w- this one I thought was a bit more gory than the other ones. Oh, how uh, he cut off the tongue... Of the DJ, that was that just like kind of hit me. It hit me hard. <laughs> it hit home. It hit home. Uh, because no, you were like a DJ. Like, too. like oh my gosh, I've always been afraid that Michael Myers was going to come to the studio door and cut my tongue off. I'm, I'm glad I don't live and work in a radio studio downtown in the dark anymore, uh, or in a cornfield. I mean, either or, we're kind of creepy. Um, Wait, did you work in a studio that was in a cornfield? Yes, I did. You did? Yeah, it was just outside of town. I mean, it was a nice little building, uh, but it was just just on the outskirt, uh, probably like not very far. You could walk up to the gas station if you went like half a mile. Um, but it was just it was a little thing in a cornfield. We had pine trees around us. It was actually a nice little kind of country studio, and that one was that uh, was uh, WPKR was its name uh 99.5 in uh, oshkosh wisconsin <laughs> and uh, there was another one i never worked at that um well, i i worked for it but they'd already moved out of this location and this old location was just in this decrepit horrible situation because it wasn't being taken care of but there was still all this equipment in there and they had all the records in there because this had been the station forever and uh, that one was in a cornfield, too. But that one was a lot creepier. And Todd, who uh, co-hosts the show, has a lot of creepy stories from working in that building. Oh, when, really? When, like yeah. what? Um, just I mean, it was just the atmosphere. I think there were some people in the area that were kind of weird. Um, but amazingly, this building is still standing today. Another company uh, bought the building and one of the stations in it. And they've revamped the whole thing. And it's actually in good condition. I want to visit it sometime and see what it looks like now because I remember seeing it thinking the roof, I mean, the roof literally was collapsing in. I want to say, hey, I think it was. It was. <laughs> it was like down. But anyway, you can have the tangent of uh, late night in a field and a crazy person. Back to uh, Michael Myers. While we're speaking of absolutely hor- horrible people, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you grew up an hour away from where Dahmer happened. Yes, that's a whole other topic, though. Uh, so Michael Myers, the, the way, I mean, I guess it wasn't as spectacular as I thought it would be, but he has died in fairly spectacular ways already and keeps coming back. But it was, it was clear. It was clear. He was dead the way Laurie 
stabbed him multiple, multiple, multiple times. And then put in the head, slashed his wrist, slashed his neck. And then put him into a car grater. Well, that was the other part I thought was interesting. Because it sounds like something I almost would make up if somebody said, so how does uh, how did Halloween uh, end uh, the other day? They're like, well, once Lori killed Michael Myers, the villagers strapped them to the top of a minivan. And then they had a parade around town. And incidentally, at that moment, everybody in the city just seemed to know that Michael Myers' uh, body parade was going to happen, and they were on the sides of the streets, and they were cheering. And then once they they said, we we must do something, and then they went to the dump, and uh, everyone was there cheering as well. And then they literally body-surfed Michael Myers off of the car and then body-surfed him up to where the giant grater grinder thing is, and then they threw him in, and then he got ground up. Better yet, Lori threw him in. Yeah, so... You'd think it was almost like I just completely am BSing you. That is literally how the movie ends. <laughs> We're not kidding. That is literally how the movie ends. I texted it to my girlfriend and I was just like, okay, this totally sounds like something I would make up for like a cheesy dramatic end to a movie. And no, that's actually what happens. It's not quite as cheesy on screen. I think they did a pretty good job. Oh yeah, they did a great job. But... The concept itself, when you reiterate it to somebody, does sound a little bit like, oh, a giant cheese grater. Yes. Like, okay. A giant yes. cheese grater, essentially. And he was led there by a giant mouse named Mickey. And yeah, <laughs> it was, you know, because it's a Disney property now, so they have to somehow get Mickey in there. And that's how they, they okay, that part I'm making up. But okay. uh, yeah, that's, uh, it was interesting. Uh, so who knows what will happen with that? Okay, there you go. That's spoiler. We're done. Okay, done with the. Uh, Talking about Halloween ends. It was uh, a great movie, though. Let's go to our first story. It says, I've recently become an EPP. I love the podcast and all of you guys who work hard on the show for us listeners. It's uh, great to hear all your different perspectives on the stories and working from home now has enabled me to listen a lot more often. My story happened around 15 years ago now in the town of Statford, England, where I live. I used to work in an upstairs office, a very pretty old building. First two floors for years now have been used as a very popular coffee house and restaurant. It's a 16th century building currently called the Soup Kitchen, which apparently uses an actual soup kitchen many years ago. Where locals would go, be fed. The office only had four of us working there, and we started to split shifts a little to get longer telephone cover each day. Myself and my friends started at 8 and finished at 4.30, while the other two staff worked an hour later. There was a bathroom next to our office that would be used by us and the downstairs staff. I came in at 8 one morning, as usual, and needed the bathroom. As someone was already in there, I decided to go to first floor down to use the customer bathroom. There were no customers there at all at that time, and it uh, didn't open to the public until nine, I used the bathroom and then returned to the office and carried on with my work. Only a few minutes later, my friend turned around at her desk to ask me something and started to laugh a little. She asked who I'd been talking to. I said I hadn't seen or spoken to anyone as there were no customers and the few staff who were in were all on the ground floor in the kitchen preparing to open up. She insisted I must have seen someone I couldn't understand why she didn't believe me and 
why she was asking me this. I was genuinely confused. She then went on to tell me that there was a handprint on my back, almost like someone had patted me well done. I didn't really believe her, but by this time, the bathroom next door to the office had become free, so I went to look in the large mirror. I almost cried. I saw for myself that she had told me there was a perfect white handprint right in the center of my back. I was wearing a black top, and it was very noticeable. It looked just like someone had put their hand in flour and pressed it to my back. I hadn't felt anything at all, but there's no explanation as to how it could have gotten there. We had previously heard of a few minor things happening on the ground floor, but this really made me almost soil myself. I worked there for 10 years, but never used that bathroom again. My mom still works there in the kitchen, and I sometimes have work meetings in the function room there, but I've never had anything else happen since. The place never felt spooky, and the few stories we had previously heard were only playful and didn't feel harmful at all. I still can't believe it happened, or how clear it was. I have one other unrelated but spooky story. I'll message that in another time. Really hope you hear my experience in the podcast in the future. Many thanks. Haley. Well, I really wonder what that handprint could have been made out of. Someone's ashes? Well, no, I mean, it was flour. They're in a, a bakery type. Well, yes, a very bakery type so, place, but you never know. Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, like it's the the ashes of someone. Uh-huh. No, that, it, it, Maybe someone where, got chopped up on the cutting board and then cremated into a pie. You can't. The ovens aren't <laughs> hot enough. I've tried that a few times, and you always <laughs> gotta. No. You always gotta like go get call one eight hundred crematorium, and they bring the big truck out out front and hook you right up. Um, uh, but a, maybe a Pete? No. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, it's an. I I was wondering if it was gonna take a. a a, a direct route to the person saying, and I saw the handprint and it was really big or whatever. It was, it was distinct in some way, shape or form where they would have said, and I knew that was my grandpa's handprint um, or whatever, something, something meaningful where it was like, Oh, they're patting you on the back. You know. It's just a random stranger that dipped their hand in flowers trying to ruin your clothes today. Uh, well, maybe, you know, or it was going to be like, and I noticed it was missing the left index finger and that must have been my uncle Ernie who was really creepy and I think did things with my sisters you know just like something horrible like that I was like oh my god that's him and he's going around the bakery patting women on the back <laughs> not th- not something I'd want to deal with at that bakery that's just creepy uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would love to hear them. Let's uh, go over to this call and hear your ghost story. Hi, uh, my name is Danny. I'm from Wendell, North Carolina, kind of a small town. Um, I now own the house that um, my grandfather built in 1985 grew up in that house um but i'm also the fifth generation living on the land there so a couple of these stories you know are gonna be from my father my grandfather and then also myself 
Um, I've tried calling in once before and I kind of messed up a couple times. So I'm just going to try to flow through this as fast as possible um, and as clearly as possible. So bear with me. So, uh, like I said, my grandfather built the house in 1985. Uh, when he was digging the line for the well, he came across three caskets, two adult size caskets and one child size casket. Um, and he kind of just put the line right over top of them and, uh, then poured concrete over top. Uh, so probably wasn't a great thing to do, you know? <laughs> um, but my grandfather, one experience that he had in that house was that his lighter, um, in his pocket had caught, you know, lit up and caught his pants on fire. And it was, um, you know, one of the regular lighters that you have that, you know, you have to spin the wheel to make a spark and then the butane will come out and it'll light the lighter. So that just won't happen, you know, by itself. Um, but, you know, I'm the fifth generation growing up on the property. Um, so like it's, it's family pretty much. And my father, he's from Mexico and uh, I feel as if the spirits in the house don't really favor him that much. I don't know if they're, they're prejudiced or anything like that, but, um, he's had a couple of experiences. One being, I want to say I was about seven years old. I was asleep on the couch in the living room and they, my parents were asleep in the bedroom. My dad comes out, um, TV's on, I'm asleep on the couch and the front porch light is on. So, you know, he's, okay, well, I'm going to cut the TV off. He turns the TV off, goes and cuts the front porch light off, um, you know, goes back to his bedroom. About 15 minutes later, he comes back. The TV's back on. The front porch light is back on, and I'm still in the same exact spot on the couch sleeping. And he's like, okay, kind of weird. So, you know, he goes, cuts the TV off and the light off again and goes back to his room. About another 15 minutes later, it comes back out, and it's on again, both the TV and the front porch light. And he just says out loud, like, who did this? And so our television, we had cable at the time. And if you know anything you know about cable, you do not get static when you have cable. But the TV switched to static, and he said that from the TV, he heard a child's voice say i did it and it cut off and he was a bit freaked out so he went and just cut the light off and then went back to sleep and then come back out for the rest of the night um so yeah kind of weird um another time he was walking outside at night he couldn't sleep and we live in a rural area so you know no neighbors really it was just um we have one neighbor and they're our cousin so um, yeah, no, not a neighborhood that we live in, just a kind of an old country road. And he's walking around outside, can't really sleep. And he hears my mother yell his name, which is Alfredo. He goes that he heard, Alfredo. And he runs inside the house and goes, what in the world do you want? Like, you're going to, you want our neighbor to know that I'm outside at nighttime or what, what's going on? And, uh, she had been asleep, hadn't even woken up. He just heard his name yelled really. And that was the end of it. Um, me and my father have also had 
um, scratch marks on our backs, um, you know, the classic three scratch marks going down our back. Um, before, he's also had dreams that have come true. Um, one being is, well, I'll preface it with this. He had dreamed that he just saw a, a truck going down the road with a casket in the back of it. And when he woke up the next morning, he got a call saying that his aunt in Mexico had passed away that night. So kind of strange, um, maybe a coincidence, you know, but he had also had a dream that um, he was going to get attacked by a gang. So he was going to go out and buy a gun to protect himself, but he didn't have money. So he ended up buying a machete. And sure enough, the next day after he had bought it, um, his brother had been affiliated with a gang and didn't like my dad. So they came to the house and tried to fight him and he used the machete to protect himself. So again, could be a weird, weird coincidence, but a little too, um, on the nose, I believe for just a coincidence. Um, I don't know. There may be a gift that he has. Um, but yeah, I have heard uh, my name called multiple times. So has my father, um, in a clear voice, nothing, nothing shady or nothing unclear, like clear as day, as if somebody's in the next room. Um, I've even had uh, the blender turn on by itself. Uh, nobody was even near the blender at the time when it turned on. I've had a knife um, fall, not even fall. It was almost as if it was like pushed off the counter in the kitchen and stuck into the floor uh, straight down in the kitchen. Um, also, my grandfather, he grew up on the property as a young boy. Just he built, ended up building his own house on the property. Um, and he grew up um, knowing about what they called the hollering thing. And they said that it would be out in the woods at nighttime and it would scream like a woman or cry like a baby. Um, and they would hear it most nights growing up. Um, and he said that, that, you know, the kids that lived up and down the road would hang out usually on the weekends or at nighttime. They would have fires. And they said that they saw some shadows uh, walking around the edge of the fire just outside of the light. But you could still make out a shadow. Um, and they would hear it scream, and they were just scared. But, so they just stayed by the fire all night long um, until the morning. <laughs> and that's when they went their separate ways. Um, I'm sure I have more stories. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. Um, but if I can think of any, I'll definitely call back in and um, tell you some more. So... I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Um, I hope to become an EPT soon. So thanks. Thanks for sharing your, uh, your stories with us. That those, anything where you're outside and you're like, you know, off in the distance, you could see the shadows of this or that. It's creepy. Just the imagery. And I don't know, there's a lot of things I look back at when I was a kid playing out by campfires and stuff. And I don't know. Like I think I think we might have seen more things, or was just my imagination making it worse? 
Did you see Michael Myers? I don't know. I don't know what I thought. But I will say this. Um, there's a lot of animals that sound like crying children and women uh, yeah. in, in the woods. Uh, uh, take a listen, kids. This is a fox. Let's see how it sounds. See, if I heard that, I would think there's like a woman screaming or something down the way. What did you, I mean, that? Yeah. I would too. I, you know, and there were some nights uh, when we lived in Branch and I remember sitting on that back porch and you'd hear these things because we were literally in the forest and there were some nights like, oh my God, is somebody getting hurt or something? But well, that's a raccoon. Oh, isn't he cute? Uh, I've heard raccoons cry like children, though, too. Um, and that's that's always that's well, that, not that, that, sound that like a child. No, that that sounds more like a uh, a clogged up Hoover. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, anyway, but I know I, I have heard them uh, in that sort of way. It's weird. Uh, my my parents at their house. There's a certain season. I don't know if it's like mating season for them or what, but they are in the trees at night and they're just, they're making these calls to each other. And it sounds like people just kind of like screaming back and forth and it's weird and creepy. Anyway, with the whole grave situation, I would totally, if, if my grave was disturbed like that and just concreted over. Yeah. I'd probably make that, like I'd probably do what those people did. But it wasn't, uh, well, somebody built over it. So, yes, that was disturbing it. But my, I guess my thought, too, is like they they just built up. They didn't move you. They didn't take you away. They actually kept you where you were. Would you rather be moved from where you were put into the ground or would you rather just be built over? Moved. <laughs> you want to be moved? I do. I would want, I want to be built over and they have to put a statue of me in the building. Well, that, yeah. that they're, uh, they're I gonna... at least want a stone if someone finds me. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great to like if it's like a quick trip or something. You go in there and like this is the the Tony uh, J Bruski uh, slushy fountain, and then then the birth and death dates just and a big big creepy plaque too. And then they have the Harper's uh, J uh, Harper L Bruski. Uh, pretzel maker. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's it's a tombstone, it, and, and but, it's, but it but it makes actual pretzels. It makes tombstone shaped pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just for a joke, next to it, uh, you know, can you put your toppings on? There, there's uh, ash, and and, <laughs> and and it's and it says it's it's your ashes. Um, but they, they could act, but they actually here's here's the the kicker, they actually uh. Do we already buried? So, well, okay. In this scenario, you said I want an arm to be cremated and the rest of my body down there, uh, and what into the ground. So the rest of your body's in the ground and your arm gets cremated, and it's strictly for the quick trip that gets built on top of you. <laughs> I'd rather so, be so, that, so they can mix it in the ashes in with the Parmesan cheese, uh, and they just do such a little each time. Uh, so your arm ashes are going to last for a good 30, 40 years if they just keep going with that formula. That's like how they do um, 
uh, some like uh, liquors and stuff. If you like see where it says, not that you would see, but we're at the store together, uh, you know, where it's like says aged like 40 years or 60 years or things like that. You hear terms. Uh, a lot of that actually just means there's about a drop or two of something from that batch in your rather new batch. And that's how a lot of that works. It's, so it's like uh, instead of uh, liquor, it's ashes and parmesan yes, you're, cheese. You're, exactly. You're spreading your ashes of your arm out that you specifically said, I want this cremated to go with the parmesan. I wonder how many hazards that would cause. For the quick trip that gets built on top of me eventually. And the quick trip is yep. not even called quick trip. It's called Harper's and Tony's ashes. <laughs> H&T's. H&T's. <laughs> <laughs> What's that stand for? Well, they have parts of their body. Uh, and cremated and uh, put into slushies and pretzels. It, and some say they've had other, there was like a toe apparently in one of the stores in a secret location. Uh, in one place, apparently there's an eyeball that's hidden and no yep. one's found it. But I guess when when the employee who finds it, he gets himself free fried chicken for life. And from the H&T. Yeah, from the H&T. So. And then the fried fried chicken has, free, yeah. has find the baby arms <laughs> that we found off the street. That's horrible. <laughs> now, now you've gone, you have gone a step too far. No, I haven't. So, there you go. The H&Ts. The H&Ts down the road right next to the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Which one do you want to go to? All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. You can do it directly through Apple Podcasts now. And even try three days free. You can also go through patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Or go to ghostpodcast.com. We greatly appreciate your support. Until next time, for all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>